Christmas is a very special time of the year, and we can get so caught up with, with everything and even the good things. And I think sometimes that even the Christmas story gets caught up in some of the secondary figures, the shepherds and the star. But folks, there's a primary message that's coming through Christmas, and I want us to look at that this morning. What is it really, really all about? Tonda touched on some of that during her song, and I just pray today that you will just um, be able to follow with me. And I pray with all of my heart today that this message, and it's going to be a pretty simple message, but I know within my heart that it's going to speak to someone today, and I pray that you allow God to do what God wants to do. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to stand. We're going to read the Christmas story together. And I'm going to pray and, and just, just speak to you about this morning the promise for the gift of peace. Let's all stand together as we honor God's Word by standing. And, and let us read in Luke, the second chapter. We'll read <clears throat> from chapter uh, verse 1, uh, the second chapter, to verse 20. <clears throat> and the Word of God teaches us, <clears throat> Excuse me. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed. This census was first, first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth and to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who is with child. So it was that while they were there, that the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought first her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this Christ or this Messiah, this child. And, and all those who had heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that had been heard and seen and it was told them. And I want us to focus today on something that the angels announced when they all 
said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Just hold on to that. On earth, peace, goodwill or God's favor toward all men. Let's pray. Father God, we just praise you for this day. And God, for the event for which we come and, and worship today, Lord, the event of the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. But God, we realize that you sent Christ's child for a purpose. And I pray that we might recognize that even today, Lord. Um, God, we're gathered here today, to be frank, Lord, for a lot of different reasons. Some gathered to come worship their Lord. Some gathered, God, because their parents told them to be here. Some gathered for, because family was coming. And but God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just pray that today, that Lord, as we all have gathered in this place the Holy Spirit, you'd speak to our hearts. And God, that we can leave this place different than which we came in. God, that we can also, as the shepherds, go and tell the world glorifying of the things that we've heard and we've seen. So God, bless this time together in Christ's name. Amen. When you come to days like this, such as Christmas, you think, Lord, I've, I've pastored for almost 29 years, and you know, how many Christmas sermons can you preach? You know, how can I say it in a, in, in a different way? And, and I was struggling with that with this year and just went into a time of prayer, and God just began to lay something very softly upon my heart. And begin to minister to me, and I want us to stop and think about why is Christmas so different than any other time of the year? What makes this season so special? Why is there so much sentimentalism around Christmas? Why, why do people seem to change? You know, this is the one time of year uh, of all others where families make sure they gather to gather. Some of you have already been together as family. Some of you will be together again today as family. People are going to be coming in and going today because they're going to be with families in my own family. We have some that are leaving and going to Virginia. we got some from North Carolina coming in today. And that is so true for each of us. You know, there's one time of the year that, boy, offices have their parties and their fellowships. Hard to even get into a restaurant and eat. This time of the year. And this is the time of year when gifts are exchanged and, and hearts become very benevolent. There's more giving that goes on this time of year than in all the rest of the year combined. And there just seems to be a different spirit about people. There seems to be a spirit of, of joy that even the old grump may find a laugh. Eddie preached a marvelous sermon this past Wednesday evening on the spirit of Christmas, of, of love and, and joy and peace, and, and you feel that. And that just makes it a fun, fun type of year, a time of the year that we can really lay aside so many of our problems. And I think it's interesting as we look back into our history books or some Remarkable things that happen just because of the spirit of Christmas. I'd read stories, and 
I couldn't find one in specific, but even during the Civil War that there would be singing back and forth before the, the Yankees and the Rebels. But then I, re- I found a fascinating story that occurred in, in 1914. It happened in Europe, right in the midst of World War I. Understanding that then during World War I, 15 million people lost their lives. But there's a fascinating story that comes from there on the battlefield, and it's called the Christmas Truce. It was a time when the English and Belgium and French troops fellowshiped with the Germans on that day. One of the English troops wrote this, and he said, He said that first the Germans would sing of their carols and and we would sing one of ours. Until when we started, oh come all ye faithful, the Germans immediately began joining in the singing the same hymn in the Latin words, Adesta Fidelis. And I thought, well, this is really a most extraordinary thing. Two nations both singing the same carol in the middle of the war. And the story goes on that the next morning on Christmas Day that the the Germans began to come out of their foxholes on that icy morning waving a flag saying, you no shoot, we no shoot. And on that day, those enemies fellowshiped and their stories, they even played soccer together. Folks, that's crazy. I mean, how can people where, where so much... Blood had been shed, and as a matter of fact, it was on that day that they could bury many of their fallen comrades that had fallen in between. But on that day, there was some type of spirit, there was something going on where enemies would lay it all aside and come together for fellowship. I think that's amazing. And I think it's just a thought of what Christmas is all about. Yes, there's much joy, there's much love that's expressed, but folks, I believe with all my heart that the very center of the message of Christmas is that which the angels called out that night. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. What? Peace. And I want us to just take a moment as we, as we think about this Christmas story. To, let's go back. Let's go way back. Let's go way back even when God created man, when, when God spoke the world into the existence. That we must understand with this whole idea of peace that, that peace was, a, was, was, was part of God's original plan. It was God who ordained peace. It was God that created the heavens and the earth and and put together perfect physical laws in the place that the the earth would would rotate and the, 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 the sun would give the heat that it should. That there'd be peace within the within the, the solar system, but also there would be peace on earth. It was God that created the animals. It was God that, that created man, and when he Created man, he says, it's very good. And you know that when God created man, he placed him in a perfect place. 
the garden? I think it's today, I think it's very interesting that when we think about gardens, we think about tranquility. We think about peace, and, and that, was, that flows from this particular garden because it was a place, place of tranquility. It was a place of peace. It was a place that the Bible teaches that, that man could walk with God during the cool of the day, and they fellowship together. There was peace between God and man. And there was also there was peace between Man and all creation. There was peace between man and the animals. And, and that was before there were thorns that man would have to toil to root out of the ground. There, there were no thorns. And also there was peace with man and man. There was perfect peace between man and his wife. And I think the way that the, the Bible describes that is they were both naked and there was no shame. There was nothing in between man and woman that would cause them any conflict, would cause them any shame. Because this was God's plan from the very beginning, that there be peace on earth. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was no arguments. No conflict. No sadness, no sorrow, peace, which brings forth joy. So to understand really the, the, the coming of the Christ child, we have to understand how the story began. It began when God created man, that he created man, that there might be peace on earth. But if you read on in the story and get over to Genesis the third chapter, we find that peace was broken. It was broken by the disobedience of man, not that God took away man's peace. Man chose to rebel against God. God had told man, he had told man that, that you, of all of this garden that you shall eat, but because he had given man a, a free will and because he had given man the ability to, to choose, he had to, to place something there to, to test that will. of everything that you can eat, and if, if you would obey me, you'll have perfect peace. But if this true of the knowledge of good and evil, that the day that you eat of it, you'll surely die. You see, man was given that choice of peace. That peace that comes through obedience and following God's plan, but it was man that chose to rebel against God. It was man that chose chose to, to break covenant with God, and it was man that chose to eat of that tree. And as soon as, soon as that happened, the peace was gone. As soon as that, that happened, that, that man began to see that, hey, I'm naked, and, and, and they tried to cover themselves. Shame entered to the world, and, and what did man begin to do, that, that peace between man? What did they begin to do? They began to blame one another. Conflict began to arise between man and woman. The peace had been shattered. And the peace had been shattered between God and man because man saw that, that he had sinned, and he tried to hide himself away from God, which is so foolish, folks. We can't hide from God. And man did something else that has just been carried on even 
today that man tried to cover his own sin, which can't be done. But we also find within that same story that not only was there conflict with man and man and conflict with man and God, but also there became conflict with man and the world because the earth began to produce thorns and, and animals would begin to fear them and there began to be a, a conflict even between, even between man and the animals. And the Bible says as part of the curse, even the, even the earth groaned from the curse. The very thing that God had created for earth and for man had been shattered by man's decision to sin against God. Peace was lost as it was broken within the garden. But I, I want to stop and say something. I want to switch a couple of points. And, 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 and I want to go actually to the fourth point. Every since that time, though, Peace has been longed for by people. The, the thing that, that man had lost is the very thing that man most desperately longs for. If you ask someone today, what's the greatest desire in your heart that there would be peace? There'd be peace in my life, there'd be peace in my families. I just wish my family would come back together. I wish I could just have a relationship with that daughter or that son. Or I just wish my husband and I could come back together and, and, and just desire peace. And this is really felt by all people. Every generation has had a, a new generation of, of, of young people that would come to, 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 to want peace and, and, and try to do things that would bring peace. As a matter of fact, I was thinking last night, when I was, when I was 14 years old, it was right at the end of the, nearing the end of the Vietnam War. And boy, the 60s were a crazy time. So much conflict, so much rebellion, so much just trials, tough time. And there was a song that was written by a very famous artist. And that song was written by John Lennon, and he, and he wrote this song, Imagine. And this song was, was to imagine that, just imagine all the people. There'd be no governments, no religions, no war. And I remember that song captivated the young people of that day. Because that's in the desire of everybody's heart is peace. But so many times we look for it in the wrong places and even John Lennon's life was ended by a bullet, by conflict. You see, man has always searched for peace, yet we search for it in the wrong places. Man thought he could restore his, his peace with God by hiding himself and covering up his own sin. Or maybe doing good works. But that does not restore the peace with God because God provides peace through a son.
I think it just was a telling fact on that day when man was in the garden trying to cover their own sin. It was God that helped that covering when an animal, remember, an animal that had not hurt anyone, an animal that was at perfect peace with all things, an animal that had to give his life to cover the sins of man. Because that animal was a picture of what God would later do through a son called Jesus Christ. And as a matter of fact, God began to announce to the world that I'm going to bring forth my son, and this son will bring the peace that all of you have been longing for. It was in Isaiah 7, 14 that God prophesied through his prophet Isaiah, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and that shall call his name Emmanuel. And later in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and listen to this, the Prince of Peace. That it was God who, who created peace within the garden, and it was only God that could give peace once again, and he would do it through his own son, Jesus Christ. No Jesus, no peace. And so it had been promised by the Father to a people. So I think it was interesting on the night that Jesus Christ was born that as the, as the Jew, Jewish shepherds were out on the field, the Jewish people, even, even the people that, that God called his own people, even the people that had God had called out for himself and promised him a land of milk and honey, that their lives has always been struggle. Because they tried to do it their way. And they longed and they longed and they longed for this Messiah that God had promised that would bring them peace. And on the morning that, on the night that Jesus was born, the angels filled the sky, spoke to the angels, I mean, spoke to the shepherds and said these words Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. God has fulfilled what God has promised. He sent forth the Son. His name was Jesus. But why a son? Why born of a virgin? I think Todd has so eloquently dealt with that within the song because he was born to die. See, the Bible teaches us that, that it's our sin that has separated us from God. It was, it was a sin that, that, that disrupted the peace within our lives. No peace with God, no peace with other people, no peace with the environment around us. And, and even in our own lives, that the wages of our sin is death. The greatest enemy of all. The death that God had told man that if you disobey me, your very life of peace will be broken by death. But Jesus came, born of a virgin, of the righteous seed of God, not only was he born righteous, but he lived a righteous life, never sinned. All God, yet all man, for the very purpose that he himself would one day be that animal that was slaughtered to cover your sin and my sin.
just like that little animal in the garden that was slaughtered to, to cover man's sin. That, that animal didn't deserve that. He had not sinned. It was man. Jesus Christ didn't deserve to die either. He had not sinned. But he did it for you and me. You see, peace was promised through a son, and it was announced by the angels, but it was accomplished through the cross. Jesus was born to die. This is the, just the beginning of the story of the, of the birth of Christ. This is just the beginning. He was born for purpose. He was born to die for the sin of mankind. Let me just read to you what Paul would write in a, in a great Christological passage in, 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 the, in, in the letter to the Colossians. He said these words in Colossians, the first chapter, verse 15. He says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, which is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things unto himself. It was through Jesus Christ that all the disruption of the world, all the conflict of the world should be reconciled back to God. By him, whether things on earth, things in heaven, making, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Peace was promised through the Son, but it was accomplished through the cross, dear friends. That's why Jesus Christ came to die. He came back to restore the peace between God and man. And how do I receive that peace? Peace is realized through faith in the Savior. Paul writes, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Christmas story and the Easter story has to be much more than just a good story to you. It has to be more than just a, a system of intellectual thought to you. You may agree with it, you may not. But simply agreeing with the story means nothing. The way that you have, that you can receive the peace that God has offered through a son, the peace that God had created you for is through placing your trust in the one who, whom he sent, Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ came, born of a virgin, lived a righteous life, died not for his sins, but for your sins. He became our substitute. It is Christ alone who can cover us, our sins. It was Christ alone that can bring us peace back with God and with man. I ask you today, do you have that faith? Again, it's very, very easy to get caught up in, 
and all the things that goes along at Christmas. All the pageantry, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. All the children's stories and the shepherds and the mangers and the angels, and there's nothing wrong with that because those were all the context for the story that, that God sent His Son. But the message of it is peace. And I think this is <clears throat> why this message is so important. Because here this morning, gosh, well over 200 people. Yes, we're calm. This is Sunday. This is Christmas morning. But I have no doubt within my mind that there's some of you that are sitting here today that are struggling and longing for peace. I don't know what's going on in your life. You may be having personal conflict going on in your life, struggle going on in your life. There may be conflict with someone, some family member. There may be struggle that you're facing financially or there's just many different ways that can rob you of your peace. But I can tell you with full assurance, God did not intend that for you. God did not create you for conflict. He created you for peace. And he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, that you might be offered that peace. And that's been my prayer. My prayer has been that this day, this Christmas day, that when we come and we sing the Christmas songs and we read the Christmas story, that, that you might take this for yourself and that you might say for yourself, this is about me. And that there may be a longing in your heart. There's just been a longing within your soul that, God, I need peace. But it starts with your relationship with God. Before you can have true peace with man and true peace with what's going on in your life, you could, must first have it through God and His Son, the Savior. No Jesus, no peace. But I encourage you today to call out to a Savior. He's born in humble circumstances of a virgin of the seed of God to grow into a man for the purpose of dying. He took the conflict upon himself that you might have peace. And in just a moment, what I'm going to ask you to do, and we're, going to, we're just going to play some soft music. I'm not going to be standing up, but I just want you to have a time to, to meditate. I want you to be honest with yourself. You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just talk to yourself. Can you say of yourself today that I have the peace that God created for me? Do I have the peace that came to the Son? You'll know that. And I want to ask you that if, if, if you are longing for peace, it must begin with God. And I ask you right where you are to cry out to God and say, God, I'm miserable. 
You may need to say the same words I said years ago. Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you want to just call out, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you may want to talk to the Lord under your breath that, God, I'm miserable and I need you. And I believe that you sent your son to die for my sins. And I accept Christ as my Lord today. I don't need to give you the words. You can pray those yourself. And I'm just going to ask you to bow your head even now. Because after a moment, after we, 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 we take our time to pray, then we're going to celebrate. Even as we're celebrating the birth of Christ, today, we're going to celebrate his death in just a moment. And let me just ask you as you bow your heads, do you have peace? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace, goodwill for men. That's for what which of which God created. And that's what God will bring when Jesus Christ comes again. But you don't have to wait till he comes again. You can begin to see that peace right now. Would you just talk to God right now? You may want to say, God, I'm just tired of being tired. I'm tired of the fight. I'm tired of the struggle. And God, I don't believe that you created me for this. But God, I realize that some of my own decisions, it's my own sin, my own disobedience, that's cost me my peace. You may say, Lord, you promised me in your word that you, you, you're sent the Prince of Peace. And I believe that Jesus came. He came just for me. And he died for my sins, my disobedience. And he arose again. And God, I'm placing my trust in Jesus today. Thank you, Jesus, for coming being born of a virgin. Thank you, Jesus, for living a righteous life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for defeating death. Thank you, Jesus, for making me a part of your family. Has the Holy Spirit spoken to your life today? So I think the gift of Jesus Christ was for the purpose of bringing and restoring the gift of peace that God has for mankind. No greater gift can be given than peace. It's offered to all who believe. Ponder right where you are. Could you just kind of lead us in that first course of Silent Night? And as we sing.